Hello friends, so excited to tell you about the new Trade Show University YouTube channel where we have five minute pro tips, we've got longer training episodes, we've got expert interviews, and so much more coming up. Many of these video versions of the podcast episodes that you've enjoyed, plus there's videos there of content that is not available on our podcast, so please go to YouTube, search for Trade Show University, hit subscribe, And binge on those videos, which which I have designed to help businesses get more leads, more sales, and more profits through the power of trade shows. So go find Trade Show University on YouTube and tell a friend. As you probably have figured out by now, virtual events are here to stay. Are you a little frustrated with the results you've been getting and how you've been navigating about Well, you are in the right place because I have on the podcast with me today, R.D. Whitney, who is the co-founder of the Virtual Events Institute and CEO of 365 Media. He knows what's going on in virtual events, and he's got some amazing information to share with us on how to do them better and what the future holds for virtual events. So buckle up. Let's cue the theme music. Welcome to Trade Show University, the ultimate resource for marketers, planners, and business owners looking to create results, increase revenue, and maximize their ROI for upcoming trade shows. We'll help you navigate the complexities of trade shows, set the right goals, find true success, and get the most out of each experience for you and your team. It's time to get your PhD in ROI with your host, the man with over 25 years of trade show experience, Jim Cermak. Welcome back to campus here at Trade Show University. Before we dive into today's topic, which is all about virtual events, we're going to take a minute and hear from our sponsor. You know how a lot of small businesses need someone to handle marketing and graphic design, but they just don't have the people or they don't have the bandwidth or the budget to actually hire someone full time. DesignPod Studio is the solution for these companies. DesignPod Studio is a creative agency made up of award-winning designers. They are freaking amazing, especially Jess Adnich, who is the owner. You, you will talk with her. She's always the first person on every single account. You know They are an affordable outsource team that acts like the in-house team. They help you increase your visibility in the sales while helping build an image to match your mission. So if you're that small or medium-sized business and you don't have the resources to bring on a full-time marketing manager or a graphic designer, they can help you do it for a fraction of the cost. Call for a free consultation today. Just email hello at designpod.studio. That's hello at designpod.studio. And be sure to visit their website at designpod.studio. Designpod Studio, they help you follow signals and make waves. Welcome back to another episode of Trade Show University. I am your host, Jim Cermak, and I am really excited you are here because as the world has continued to, to evolve and change from live events to virtual events and webinars and everything online, People are stumbling and, and just learning. It's, it's not a bad thing. It's just we're all learning. This is all brand new to everybody, and the technology is improving, and, and new platforms and new techniques and solutions are coming out all the time. Uh, but there's still a lot, to, a lot to be learned. So 
That is why I am so pleased to have on uh, today my guest, who is an expert in this area, and he is just going to be bringing a lot of great information to you and to all of us as, uh, as we go through this, that you're going to be able to take this information and really, really be able to improve your results uh, for your upcoming virtual events. So I, it's really, really my, my pleasure to introduce to you R.D. Whitney. R.D. has a long and successful track record in establishing, managing, and delivering business community solutions across many markets and industries. He's been an accomplished leader at global media companies, Taurus, Diversified Communications, and several other media groups, and even served six years on the board of OnStream. They were the pioneers for webcasting and virtual. He has also launched and managed five successful national certification programs and brings 30 years of experience connecting buyers and sellers together through the gravity of professional training, events, both face-to-face -face and virtual, through education, through peer learning and data. He is one of the co-founders and the director of the Virtual Events Institute, and he's the CEO of 365 Media Man, this guy, I could go on all day. He is got just bringing so much to the table, as you can hear. So I want to welcome R.D. Whitney to the Trade Show University. R.D., thanks so much for, for joining. And say hello to all the Trade Show Warriors out there. Uh, good afternoon, Trade Show Warriors, and thank you, Jim, for having me on. Oh, it's my pleasure. Like I said, this is, this is an area I'm getting a lot of questions about. Why, why am I not getting results and what's going on? And I don't know what, what platform should we choose? And there's just so many unknowns and so many questions and people are, we're just trying. It's a lot of trial and error right now. So uh, let's, let's start with, uh, uh, let's, let's step back. And I know something that you've, you've been really, really involved with for uh, in the recent past is something called the Virtual Events Institute. So tell us a little bit about how that got started. And I mean, there are some really, really big names that are associated with this. So tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just gonna give you a little sort of a little history of um, how it kind of led up to it. Uh, so 10 years ago, um, in 2010, I was CEO of the Trade Show News Network, and we were covering these new things called virtual events. Uh, they were kind of clunky. Uh, and, um, you know, at that time, the trade show industry and the conference industry, they were skeptical on it for right for the right reason. Um, but we per persevered. We were doing uh, research studies on the benefit of, of adding virtual in with your physical event. And we learned, surprisingly, uh, what we know, what we're finding out again today is that a, a virtual event can be additive to your live show. So, it's kind of the first thing I always like to start out with. Everybody's like, virtual events, like that's not going to replace live events and no way, no how. We all love live events. We can't wait to get back to live events. But one thing I'm certain is this tipping point that's happened now is that we have a hybrid future. And it's a really, really very encouraging, positive one plus one equals three future. So I stuck with virtual events uh, throughout the, the decade uh, there, uh, 10 past 10 years. As I mentioned, I was on the board of OnStream Media and they invented webcasting and they came out one of the virtual event technologies. I used to joke um, a little bit that I felt like Noah building an ark and it was bright <laughs> and sunny out and nobody really cared, you know? Um, anyway, so COVID hits um, and uh, phone starts ringing off the hook uh, because uh, I'd been involved in these different platforms and events. And um, Michael, the founder of Ingo, uh, had, was putting on a virtualization summit. And he asked me if I would be on, a, on one of the episodes, uh, amazing 
participants, you know, Google and Fortune and Informa, wow. just real titans of the uh, event industry um, and commerce. And I was really happy to be on. Uh, and uh, my topic was monetization. And uh, it had 15, there are 15,000 attendees on these virtualization summits. So Michael said, you know, how do we keep this going? You know, what, what, what's a way to kind of keep this so it's not just a one and done? And I had built these national certification programs and I thought, boy, this is exactly the same. People need this information. They need unbiased information. They need the information now and it's being created right now. They need best practices right now. Let's create a global certification program. And uh, as luck would have it, he was connected uh, with Sophie, the CEO of the Virtual Events Institute, had been um, had exited from Essential Money 2020 and Cons Lions, and uh, had an incredible experience in this area. And she just went to work, and she's absolutely amazing. And the other co-founder is, is Simon, uh, who is really known globally for awards programs. So the four of us co-founded the Virtual Events Institute. It's an online learning program for this new profession that's developing very, very quickly. And it helps share these best practices globally. So needed. And the certification, you're you you right on. And obviously, you came from that, that world of certification, certification programs. So you know the power of those. And so bringing them to, to this new virtual event world was just such a natural for you. So tell, tell a little bit about, I know, because you, you have, not, it's not just one certification. You have a couple different certifications available. What, what are those and what do they cover? Yeah, so um, in the Virtual Events Institute, um, we are covering uh, uh, 10 topics uh, all around the areas that you, would, you need help with, you know, um, preparation, marketing reach, um, engagement, monetization, the tool and tech. Um, so you can go to the website, Virtual Events Institute, and download the PDF of the uh, curriculum. It's very in-depth and, and very, it's, it's, it's fantastic. Uh, education. And it's not this sort of talking heads, you know, somebody, you know, just getting on and telling you something. It is interactive learning designed to make sure you retain the uh, information. So there's quizzes at the end. As you're going through the information, you need to stop at times and do exercises and come back. So you're really immersed into the online education. And um, it's been very popular. It launched in the UK and the US and, and now Asia and uh, it's spreading very quickly. Uh, and, you know, we're finding the best trainers in the world to contribute to this. I think one of the really important things is, you know, this, this, something like this does exist in some of the event associations for sure. But the virtual events industry is the only organization in the world that's pulling from all branches of commerce. So this isn't necessarily designed just for event professionals. This is helping pull best practices out of associations, nonprofits, the music industry, the gaming industry, politics, sports, um, all of commerce, um, religion. There's not a facet of uh, our, our interaction and engagement as humans that really isn't affected by COVID and our inability to do live events. So we are helping to transform that now into a, into a, a virtual environment, but soon into a hybrid world. Wow, that's, that's powerful. That is powerful. And you've mentioned a couple times that word hybrid, and that is really where we're going. And as, as just from, from my viewpoint, 
seeing things morph into a hybrid is almost like, why didn't we always do this? <laughs> you, know? you know, because you have, I know there's, there's been over the years, certain shows that you want to go to and, oh, just a, there's a conflict in schedule. I, I'm over here, but I can't be over here. And, and I would love to attend. Well, now, given the, these uh, opportunities to be able to see workshops and seminars and be able to visit with vendors virtually, is just just brings that that added dimension that people have needed uh, that allows them to do more from from an attendee standpoint and now you flip that also to a uh, an exhibitor standpoint now you have much much wider reach of possible uh, possible uh, customers and uh, other venture partners and things like that and then you've got that third layer of the actual show organizer to get that additional reach and, and added life to your show as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I, why didn't we do it before? It's hard. <laughs> you know, it is hard. It, COVID, <laughs> COVID forced us to do it. You know, um, one of the co-founders of the virtual events industry, Simon, you know, he's really known for, for developing exceptional awards programs. He created the uh, Charity Film Awards and is a black tie, you know, elegant event in the UK. And he'd have 300 attendees, very successful. Couldn't do it this year, so he ran it virtually and he had 10,000. Wow. When he runs that again live, he's gonna have 300 plus 10,000. Um, one of my favorite analogies, just to make the point is, um, so I'm a good guilty Catholic, uh, and I wanna go see my priest, and I wanna talk to him about writing a letter to the Pope. And he's gonna say, why do you wanna write a letter to the Pope? And I'm gonna say, because we need to do virtual confession. And he's gonna say, why do virtual confession? I'm gonna say, because you're gonna take all the Barry's entry out, a lot more people are going to try it. And then you're going to have a whole lot more people that are going to, to you, that you can convert. And it's, you know, kind of a funny point, but it's, it makes the point. Um, whether it's a sales meeting that somebody can attend or a fundraiser for a nonprofit that desperately needs to run that. In the future, maybe, maybe you know, someone that couldn't participate can because of the virtual format. Yes, my gosh. That's a, and a great analogy. Great analogy, because <laughs> I'm right with you. <laughs> so tell us about... What, what do you see out there as far as what are some of the biggest barriers or some, some of the biggest hurdles that people are going through going from live to virtual? Yeah, yeah, I got a couple. Um, I've been doing these um, uh, tip a day, <laughs> just a quick tip a day. And um, just a couple that I've recently done, I just want to hit on. One is, is that you should try to use the opportunity for virtual to transform and not to translate. So everybody's like, I have a live event and I need to run that online. So I need to translate that online. And that is a big mistake. You know, I think the, especially when it comes to the exhibition um, side or the sponsor side, there's such an opportunity to give a different experience and that's okay. So, so, so transform, don't trans translate. So step back and think about what it is you want to accomplish with that event. What, what is the goal? Are you trying to engage members? Are you trying to educate members? Are you trying to sell product? Are you trying to raise funds? Are you trying to elect a board of officers? Are you trying to bring in a marketplace? Uh, and then think about, okay, what's the best delivery tool? Because in some cases it might be, you know, the type of uh, virtual event that we're familiar with where maybe there's people talking at us and we can have some interaction. But maybe, maybe if it's an education or maybe it's a developing an online learning platform and putting it into a learning management system, that is a virtual event. Um, also, maybe, maybe it's a matchmaking um, type of event. Um, 
you know, in um, case when I worked at Tarsus, we had a very large uh, um, event in the off-price fashion industry. So for uh, TJ Maxx, uh, Ross stores, all the places where you, you could buy the, um, uh, it's very <laughs> chic to buy uh, uh, off-price. And it was a great live show where people would bring in their inventory and sell it twice a year, very big show. But that inventory didn't come in and go out just twice a year. It came in 365 days a year. So we created Off-Price 365. And, you know, I love that idea. Um, I've heard the toy industry has done this very successfully with their show too, that they've created an online platform where um, product can be identified and buyers and sellers can connect 365. And the big worry is, oh, is that going to cannibalize my show? No, it's going to enhance your show. Only let your exhibitors be part of the close of, the, of that part of the community and only bring in qualified buyers, you know, so make it a really rich experience. But my point is, a virtual event can take a lot of components. It absolutely can. Oh my gosh, that's uh, you bring up so many great ideas and got my wheels spinning as oh. well. From a uh, an exhibitor standpoint, from an exhibitor standpoint, what uh, are there some tips that you would you would give for those companies that are looking to you know take their booth you know their quote unquote their booth uh, live and what should they expect or what should they like you said, I, I, I love what you said about transform, not translate, because I think that's where that's the big, first biggest mistake is that people are saying, okay, we've got this booth. Now I've got to make it an online booth that looks just like it. And we've got to do it that, this way. So how, what are, are there other things other than transform and translate? Yeah, yeah. Well, from the exhibitor perspective and the events industry isn't going to like that I say this, but if I'm an exhibitor, I want to be engaged and involved in the content of that event. I want to engage that audience. And I, I used to love this when I did a lot of uh, live events for different institutes that I built, one in the accounting space, for example. You know, some of our vendor exhibitors were in the trenches every day with their customers and actually had the best information, better than the consultants. And they didn't sell, to, you know, they, 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 they were there to educate. You know, they, they realized that if they were a thought leader and an educator, then then they, the sales would come in, you know, and they were really believed in their product. So if I'm an exhibitor in a virtual event, I want to be involved and I want to be engaged and don't stick me, don't stick me in the corner in a virtual booth that nobody attends. That's, that's one of the flaws of, of virtual events. You need an interactive type of environment that treats a community like what it is. It's a community of constituents and stakeholders. So that's how I would, I would say to the, um, from the exhibitor perspective, from the um, producer's perspective, I think one of the biggest mistakes that happen is the very first question we get constantly um, at 365 Media is, what tool should I use? <laughs> That's the very first question. I'm like, back it up. Boop, boop, boop. <laughs> um, that, that is the exact wrong question. And I know the tool companies aren't gonna like this, but you don't start with the tool. Don't start with the tool, start with the plan, right? So. I, would you build a house without an architectural design or, and would you even do the architectural design without saying, what do I want this house to be a house for my family? My children are going to grow up in it. You know, what do we, do we want a big common area? Like what are we trying to achieve here? It's not, you know, what hammer am I going to use on this house or, or what, you know, so, so don't focus on the tool first. And what we do, what we really highly recommend is we, we will get in there on three, six, five media. We'll get in there with a client and we'll develop a custom assessment and playbook because that's what you need, a playbook. And that's why we have all these graphics is uh, you, you need a document that minute by minute, second by second, 
outlines that event, but it's based on the goals that you set for that event. And then there's all kinds of contingency plans for things that are go wrong because they're going to. So it's a playbook. It's a playbook and it starts with knowing what you need to get done. What, what are your goals? And you mentioned that a little bit earlier too. What are the goals that you're trying to accomplish? Who is your audience? And what is that play? I love the idea of the playbook. That's, that's fantastic. And so for everyone, all the, the warriors out there, you've got to be having some sort of a playbook. And if you don't know where to start, I would suggest, uh, and I'll drop uh, all the contact information in the show notes, but uh, reach out to RD at 365media. As they, it's what they do. They do playbooks and uh, do them very well. A ton of experience and a great staff of uh, people there to help with that. I want to, I'm sorry by bouncing around, but that's what I do. Let's bounce back to the Virtual Events Institute yep. and let's talk about those certification programs. Who would be like ideal for yeah. the different programs? Like if someone's sitting out there going, well, I'm not sure what is, if, is it for me? Is it for my boss? Is it for somebody completely different? Who, who would be the ideal people to reach out and, and take a look at those? Yep. I think for your listening off audience, it's, it is almost everyone, right? Because who doesn't want and need this skill set now, right? Uh, I, we all need this. This, this. this took a long time coming. We have to do this. You know, uh, this is not going away. Um, but more importantly, I think, you know, there's different modules there for the different disciplines within event industries, within the exhibition space, within the conference space. Um, you know, there's different modules that are going to be more of interest to, to the various uh, professionals. But I would say it, it really, it should be an onboarding program for every new employee at every event company. And every senior executive should go through it too, so they can walk a mile in the shoes of, of everyone else that's doing this. But here's the really cool thing about it. It's, it's targeted toward the eight and a half million marketers around the globe that need this. So, yeah. you know, Facebook does a lot of virtual events. So does in QuickBooks, you know, so doesn't the plumbing supply company uh, have sales meetings. So it doesn't air, carrier air conditioning, you know, so think, think of a business or a nonprofit or an association or an, a commerce activity that doesn't engage face-to-face. -face. Um, I don't know many. Um, no. So now they can't, they have to do virtual. They're innovating very quickly and they're learning. And then they're going to leverage the advantage of virtual um, you know, I'm, my wife is a financial director for Habitat for Humanity uh, for Greater Portland, Maine. And uh, she was on her vir uh, virtual board uh, meeting uh, presenting the numbers. And after I said to her, I said, that seemed like it went pretty well. Are, are you going to go back to driving 50 miles back up to Portland and do that? And she's like, I don't know. You know, it seems to be working out pretty well. That's a really good example. There's so many things you can virtualize. And that's a real opportunity for the event companies, too, because they're in the industries and they're seen as the people that can deliver these kind of services. So, um, so in a long-winded way, I think, you know, in a self-serving way, I think the education <laughs> is for everyone, for every level and every industry. So if it sounds like something that uh, might be interesting to you, check out the, check out the Virtual Event Institute uh, website, look through what they've got to offer and, uh, and, and ask questions and check it out. Yeah, so it sounds like there's, there's just so much there to offer. And there is, there is uh, so much. Uh, and they're, they're doing great work and, and really peeling back the layers of this virtual onion that, uh, that we are all finding ourselves in the middle of. 
which is fantastic. Let me let me uh, ask you a question from the producer standpoint. Uh, and this is something I've had I've had uh, conversations with some producers about this, and that is well in the past the. Uh, these live events, they were a big revenue source for us. And now I'm going to, I'm going to our, uh, uh, and investing in a new platform is not cheap. It's not cheap. And there's a lot of labor. There's a lot of time involved. And there was a lot of time involved, obviously, in live shows as well. But there, it's not like it's gone to zero. And it's not like their costs are gone to zero. Yet they can't, uh, they're, they're getting a lot of pushback from not only uh, exhibitors, but also sponsors as to, well, you know, I don't know, maybe I'll wait until live events come back before I, I sponsor your event again, or you know, why should we pay so much for, for this and that? What would you say to that? Or do you have any, uh, any suggestions or uh, maybe suggestions for getting uh, more sponsors, maybe more exhibitors to invest? Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, um, you know, it's a different set of risks, right? You know, um, the fact is we, we can't do large events right now. So the other fact is commerce is happening. So if, if for the exhibitors, you can, you can wait it out, but your, your comp competition is going to get new customers. So you can gladly wait it out. You know, I'm sure your, your competition would be happy if you do. <laughs> um, but there are innovative uh, virtual formats that are connecting buyer and seller uh, every day. Uh, and some of them are winners and some of them are painful. <laughs> and I think we've all experienced those, but you know, innovations is happening right now. Um, thing I'm certain about is that the, the tipping point has happened. Um, that virtual events are going to be a constant in our life. Now um, they're going to run alongside live events and they're going to happen more frequently. Um, and they're going to bring in more customers to more sellers. Um, so I wouldn't wait it out. I'd experiment. I'd try. Um, you know, a virtual event platform, you know, the, the producers, um, you know, they do, you know, again, it's, I think if you, if you step back and you plan the event, the tool is secondary. Um, and a lot of times the tool is, can be quite inexpensive, actually, um, because it's really, if you plan the event with the right level of engagement and things, it may not need the bells and whistles you think it does. There are certainly... Um, circumstances where you need to have a tech stack uh, because maybe within a, for a nonprofit, maybe they're doing a certain fundraise, they're doing, you know, presentations, they have, um, you know, s some other type of engagement that is happening. We have one where they, they sent a round wine to um, all the donors and they're doing a virtual wine tasting, um, you know, some really cool things like that. But um, tech doesn't necessarily have to be expensive. And, and let's, let's, let's think about live events too. Somebody made the comment recently when they looked at their media business and said, you know, our revenue is off, but our profit is about the same. It turns out after all this time, we've been working for the hotels. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> it's kind of funny, but, you know, the hotels provide an amazing service to the event yeah. industry. And, and I don't, you know, mean any disrespect if they didn't exist, sure. the event industry wouldn't. But, but it is a good point that we take risks on live events and we need to take some risk on virtual events. But it's the margins are incredible uh, when you get it working, 80, 90%. Wow. Well, yeah. So, and for, for the attendees, they are saving. 
uh, from all that travel costs and the exhibitors as well. You're not shipping all of that stuff through Dredge and, and you're not, uh, you don't have, you know, eight, 10 or how many of your staff members that are flying to whatever city and you've got all the meals and all that. There's definitely huge savings there. Uh, so it, it's going to be, it's going to be a little bit of time before we all figure out uh, this, how this all works and, and really make it work effectively. Um, I think on the, to that point, you know, I think what's going to happen is people are going to, you know, pick the events they want to attend where maybe before, you know, they would have attended double the amount and maybe now they'll select it down to half, like five instead of 10 uh, that they must go to because of their industry. And that's going to be a challenge for the event companies and the producers to really be best in class. A Me Too event is going to be struggling um, but, you know, the must-attend event for that industry, they're going to thrive, uh, especially if they adopt virtual as a component. Have you had any big surprises, things that, that you didn't expect to, to come out of something that was a, a big victory, either for maybe uh, a specific show or uh, from a, a vendor or an exhibitor or Anything that, that that was just like, wow, I did not see that coming, but that is fantastic. And, and that is something that could become a best practice. You see anything like that? Every day I see a surprise because <laughs> of it, it, virtual. Like, so i just give you one example. So I, I, I got to know um, a fellow named Rivers who runs, uh, who ran a, a network of chefs all around the country. And back before COVID, you could bring in a chef from your area and have bring you know, maybe 10 families together and have a, a beautiful experience where that chef would cook uh, and, um, you know, it was a great experience. Obviously couldn't happen during COVID. So he took that network and he made it available virtually. And now you can bring in, you know, you want to bring in, uh, you know, a chef from Nashville uh, for uh, hot, hot Nashville chicken or, or, you know, somebody from uh, California for some specialty. You can. Uh, and, and actually very cost effectively. Uh, and, you can have experiences that never, never were really possible before. So I'm seeing those things every day. And I think that's really, really cool. And we're trying to share those out as best practices. The other thing I think is really, really amazing is the accessibility of senior executives. Like they are at home. <laughs> they are answering their phone, not their assistants. Um, so you can get in. This is a time to be bold and try things. Um, I really think it is. And people are fairly forgiving right now because everybody's experimenting. So, but, you know, if there's a CEO you want to, you know, pick up the phone and try to reach, it's a good chance they're going to pick up their phone, you know? So I think, I think that's pretty astonishing right now too. That is, that is, and that's something that uh, has just not, like you said, it's just not happened in the past, but because of, because of the COVID, because of all of this, uh, things are, people are more accessible. They are, and I love uh, what you said about just be bold and try new things. And that's something I remember early on when people were asking me, what do you think? What's going on? You know, we were just a few weeks into the shutdown and I'm like, well, you know, the bad part about virtual events is you can't, you can't have that, you know, uh, that cocktail hour, you know, but now companies are figuring it out. There's yeah. I'm hearing that we're sending a, a small bottle of wine to, to all the attendees and saying, tune in at six o'clock and get ready to raise a glass. And we're going to yeah. have a networking hour and we're going to create the zoom rooms or whatever it is on that platform. And then we're going to, we're going to kind of do some speed networking. So there's, there's so many new things that are happening because people have said, well, what, what, why not? Why yeah. not? Let's be bold. Let's try some new things. 
we're helping a, a, um, a nonprofit with a fundraiser and they're going to do a local swag bag. There's some really good breweries and bakeries and, and coffee companies and product companies. And they want to, you know, make sure that their community knows about their products. So uh, all the attendees that are coming uh, for this fundraiser would get a swag bag. I think that's, that's pretty cool. One other thing that just kind of struck me as you were, as you were asking that question too, is, um, you know, and speaking of sort of trying things, you know, the virtual events Institute, you know, came about because, you know, there was a real need. Uh, webinar got incredible uh, attendance on, uh, on the topic and four, found, four founders got together. I've never met two of the founders. They're in the United, UK. I've never met them except wow. for virtual. And I formed a company with them. <laughs> um, so I think that's kind of cool. Like, you know, like my youngest daughter is an engineer in Australia. Um, and I, this is awful because I can't see her right now. My wife and I are devastated by that because it's just been since January since we've seen her and, and oh. we know it's going to be a while longer. But, um, but um, you know, I, I say that, that that, you know, you couldn't have a longer flight than that. Boston to Sydney is 24 hour travel. Um, but I'm doing business with people in Australia and I feel like I know them because of this. Like before, we probably would have just got on a call, but we, you know, you kind of learn, you kind of, you, you, you form a stronger bond with somebody because you can see them. Absolutely. Wow. And it, yeah, the technology has definitely helped that this happened. Well, not that, not that there's a good time for this to happen, but because the technology has been so advanced over the years that uh, we are now, you know, think back to, I'm showing my age, but back when I used to watch the Jetsons and they had the, the video phones were like, wow, that would be amazing someday. Well, we're there. We're there. Yeah. Yeah. We do, and we do it all the time. We do it one-on-one. -on -one. We do it with groups of people. And now there, I mean, there's so many new things that are happening and so much new technology is just making the world more accessible. And I love how you brought up about collaborations because I am seeing that too. I'm seeing that locally from, uh, you know, local chambers of commerce that are getting together. And now people who never met each other because they either, they didn't get together. They didn't sit at the right table when they got to the meeting or anything, but now they're on a, a, a call together with, you know, 30, 40 other business owners and they find out and all of a sudden you see these connections being made and collaborations and that could happen all, obviously not just at the local level could happen at the national international level in your case. And, and, but that can happen for any of us to be able to do that kind of uh, collaborating, that kind of work and, and building those new, those new services, those new companies that just come out of the blue that uh, because of, this we've all learned to be i think a little more open and learn to pivot a little quicker yeah. <laughs> uh, just forced to do it so yeah. as uh tell me do you have any top tips for some of the some of the uh, the listeners out there our warriors that are really wanting to to get ahead and uh and and start some of those best practices um yeah um and I, I committed to, uh, I'm, I'm putting, if you go to the 365 Media page on Facebook or LinkedIn, you'll see a tip a day. And just really quickly, I'm just videotaping myself giving a tip a day. I'm going to do that for 365 days. Uh, wow. So uh, I hope I don't run out of tips. So if <laughs> people can send, send them in too. But, um, you know, I, I just for the sake of this show, I think just the, the best one is, is it's, it's just, planning that event and not rushing to the to the tool and the technology but really thinking about what you want that event to accomplish i you know at the beginning of this you mentioned i was involved in communities I, 
I think that events are ultimately communities. And we're actually doing some projects right now for some of the biggest event companies in the world, helping them because they can't run their event right now. But they're getting a lot of inbound questions from their attendees about the industry and about how to do things and things like that. So we're helping them to de deploy rapid communities. Um, and a community can be, you know, an online um, site with a paywall with tools and resources that help the people in that community do their job better and advance their career and stay in compliance and all these other things. Um, but that's a product, um, you know, and that community can serve up um, online uh, virtual events. It can have online learning. It can have um, an online directory for that industry. Um, there's just so many ways to, to, to form a niche community and the people that have the strongest ability to do that are the people with the exhibitor and the attendee list and brand recognition. Um, so if they embrace this, their, their businesses are going to multiply. That is so powerful. So powerful. I'm sitting here, I'm shaking a little bit because <laughs> of that concept of shows are communities. And I think about some of these, especially annual shows, the big annual shows, or it might even be smaller annual shows, but you go once a year and you look forward to it and oh, I'll see that person, I'll see this person. And, but it's that once a year, That's but, right. and while you're there, you feel like kind of like a community and you get to become friends, but throughout the year, all that is kind of lost. We have the opportunity right now with this technology and with the new tools and things that the VEI is doing and what you're doing at 365 Media to create a community that stays together all year round. And how powerful is that to be able to do more, to be able to have more commerce happen, more opportunities happen because of the community involvement, because you're going to do, you're going to reach out to people that you know. And you're going to reach out to people that you trust and you like to, to hang with and talk with. And that happens in community naturally. And so those, those guys say, Oh, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for, for what can happen. Me too. With that. I, I thought I saw something on your website about community building. Yeah. Uh, so this is something that you guys are focused on at 365 media, right? That's right. Um, we do the same concept is we develop a playbook, a custom assessment and playbook for someone interested in building a community. Um, and we have people that have been doing this for their career, like myself, uh, on our team that are just exceptional at this. So um, yeah, so we, we'll, we'll develop that playbook, which they can then take and develop that community and or our team can work alongside them or turnkey run it or turnkey development for them. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, as we, as we wrap up here, what, is there one or two key things you, you want people to remember from, from our talk today? Yeah. Um, so, you know, don't let the virtual events that you've seen in the past, you know, cloud your judgment of what it can be. A virtual event can be so many things. It's about taking your community that was online and face to, that was offline and face to face to an online format in whatever way it, it can happen. So think about what it is trying to accomplish and uh, think about how that can happen online so that when we can come back to online events, that that can be complementary to that and, and, and additive to that. that that's, that's the thing that's most exciting about this. You know, I know it's, it's, this isn't, you know, this is a terrible thing that's happened, but I really think we're going to come out stronger. And I also think we're going to find as an economy too, that we're going to find that we have productivity we never knew we had. Look, we're, we're working from home. 
my, my daughter's a fourth grade school teacher. Uh, and, uh, you know, she's teaching, she, uh, during the, the, the first few months of COVID, she was teaching totally virtual. And they were doing it. They were really learning how to do that. And think of that generation that's coming up now, right? That, that this would mean nothing for them to do this. And, and for us, we're, we're being thrown right into it. But they're, <laughs> they're, they're growing up on it. So. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much. The great value that you have brought throughout all this. I'm sure everyone that's listening has got to have their wheels spinning as to how can I do this better? And I've got to learn more. And, and, and I hope that you're out there and you're, you're listening and you're wanting to continue, to continue to learn, to grow, to do these events better and, and provide more value. If you're, if you're a producer, how do you provide more value? How do you create that community? That is what you need to figure out because as an attendee or as an exhibitor, I got to tell you, I, that's what I need. And that's what I want. I want as an exhibitor, I want to feel valued and I want to feel that I have great access to the attendees and to the other exhibitors. And some, I've, <laughs> I was just, uh, RD and I were talking right before we, we uh, started recording this is I was just had, was at a, a big event last week and it was a fairly decent size event. And I felt so almost shut out, almost shut out. Like I, I had to virtually go and drag people uh, because I didn't have the access as an exhibitor. So as, as a producer, please can figure out how to make these more valuable. If you make them more valuable to the, to the exhibitors, more valuable to, to the attendees, the community will naturally begin to start to form. So make sure you are doing that. So RT, thank you so much for sharing all your value, everything that you're doing, my gosh, is uh, uh, like uh, like you said uh, before, you were you were starting to work on virtual events before anyone even wanted them, and we're going like, what what are you doing? You know, it, it's reminding me of that quote of you dig the well before you're thirsty. Yeah, and so exactly. That's what you've yeah. been doing for ten years, yeah. building up that that resource, that uh, that experience, and now everyone's coming with a cup in hand, going, "I need some of that." <laughs> so, just yeah. fantastic stuff. What is if someone wanted to reach out to you? What's the best way for them to contact you? Rd Whitney at three six five media dot com and um, um, LinkedIn Rd Whitney, okay. Twitter Rd Whitney. Yep. Fantastic. I will drop all that in the show notes. So check those out. So RD, again, thank you so much for what you do. Thank you for, for coming out and sharing such great value with everybody and everyone who's listening. Go check the show notes, reach out to RD, see what the Virtual Event Institute is doing and what 365 Media is doing there. This is groundbreaking stuff. Uh, tw 20 years in the making, right? <laughs> and, but it's is so exciting to see what's going on. And, and please check out some of the other episodes of uh, Trade Show University to learn some other tips and tricks on how to go virtual, how to do the online webinars and events better and more effectively for your as an, as an attendee, as an exhibitor, as, or as a producer. So thanks so much again, RD. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And we'll see you next time on campus right here at Trade Show U. All right. Thank you. Hey, Trade Show Warriors. Got to tell you, the key to results for any virtual event or live event is all about setting goals right up front, but you got to do it the right way. That's why I compiled my ultimate goal-setting workbook for trade shows and virtual events, and I want to give to you free of charge. All you got to do is get over to my website at tradeshowu.biz. That's tradeshow, the letter U.biz. 
and I will send that to you absolutely free of charge as my gift to you for being a great listener. Send this information over to your over to other colleagues, anyone who would benefit from that goal setting workbook. So get over to my website, tradeshow.biz. That's tradeshow the letter U dot B I Z. Get over there now.